Welcome everyone to another episode of Football Armchair Experts where we pretend to know everything but actually we know nothing. We said we were having a break or maybe we will go on a sabbatical for unspecified period of time but we are back just after one week. Maybe we couldn't get ourselves away from our YouTube channel uh, because of, there is a big European-wide competition uh, coming up. No, I'm not talking about the Eurovision Song Contest that has just gone by. You know, we're talking about the Euros that has been postponed to this year. You know, we've waited an extra year to finally reach the Euro 2020. Liverpool fan Imran, Chelsea fan Robin, Newcastle fan Manjun, and I myself, Mark. But, you know, I know Manjun is a Portuguese fan or fan of Portugal because he's wearing his uh, new Portugal jersey. I've supported Italy since young. I'm not quite sure if Robin or Imran have any you know, inclination towards any countries in Europe or maybe they support a team outside Europe? I don't have any. Eh. I always watch it as like a neutral party. Outside of Europe, normally it's Brazil. <laughs> but oh, okay. Europe then is France. Oh. Just because their jersey is the nicest to me. <laughs> Although this year one a bit not so nice though, the horizontal stripes. but Yeah, that's why the previous ones were better. A lot of other football YouTubers have all been talking about the different predictions. They've been using the different brackets online to go and predict who would become the winner of the Euros. Uh, of course, you go through the group stage where there's 24 teams, six groups of four. The top two of each group and the four best third place finishers would go to the knockout stage. And then that's where there's the round of 16, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the final. Each one of us will take turns to show you our different brackets. So first, we can start with Robin's group A. We'll be going group by group. Italy and Turkey. I think Italy, quite a straightforward group for them just because of their experience. Um, I think Italy defensively are still pretty good. Like their reputation still stands. Uh, they just need to win one nails and they'll be through quite comfortably. And then Turkey, Wales, Switzerland, honestly not enough quality to make it past this group, uh, to be fair. Uh, but if I had to pick, I pick Turkey over the rest because I, I probably think that Turkey have a great, uh, better team chemistry than the rest are. Uh. Wales is probably reliant on Gareth Bale, that's all. Switzerland, I don't even know who they have left. <laughs> yeah, so that's my group A. Actually, I have, I have the same top two, but I have Switzerland and then Wales. Yeah, to okay. me, Italy, they're very lucky to be in this group uh, because I feel they have a lack of quality up front. Like, I personally do not believe in Immobile and Andre Velotti. I feel that they should have bought Moises Keane up front. Oh, yeah. interesting. Mm, okay. yeah. So, I mean, but then based on their squad, their front like Keza, Insigne, should be able to be top. La. Then I for Turkey, okay, I don't know a lot of their players also because I don't know how to pronounce all their names. It's okay, but you can try. Based we on apologize the... for our mispronunciation first. La, so, you know, don't, <laughs> don't hit us like in the comments. Okay, I just based on the fact that they, are, they feel very good and grind. That they can grind out. And from what I know, their defense is solid. So, they are second for me. For me, it's like Switzerland. They are always, you know, they are the team that always have the, the plethora of like Bundesliga players. But then somehow like they can't perform. I don't know why. That they are forever like relying on Shakiri, despite the fact they have other players besides Shakiri. <laughs> then they still rely on Shakiri. So yeah, lah, not much hopes for Switzerland. And for Wales, like I'm thinking like, I mean they do have Premier League players. They do have like Daniel James. They do have Harry Wilson. And other other lower tier Premier League players like me don't know like Ben Davies if Aaron Ramsey is even still alive yeah he is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that Sam Vokes and how Robson Khan will not be there to save them anymore so I don't think like they will make an impact in this one uh. so for me it's Italy who is it? Turkey and Switzerland Turkey. Uh. Yeah, mm, will yeah. be the three 
I think Switzerland yeah. would be able to beat Wales uh, in this group. Yeah, I think the, that's the interesting thing about this, you know, um, Robin mentioned just now, the lucky loser. I think the main thing is if they manage to get three points, that might be enough to give them you know, one of the four places to go into the knockout round. So I guess one thing, you know, that probably I'll be looking at in terms of like which third place team will be going through is if the fourth place team is weak enough. I guess in terms of group A, I think I only put Italy and Turkey through. I felt Wales and Switzerland would probably cancel each other out. So this would be a group where the third place team doesn't go through. Um, yeah, like you say, I think Italy are quite lucky to, to get this kind of group. It's an easy easing into the, the tournament. It helps also that Italy will be hosting this group. So it'll be, all the games will be at the Stadio Olimpico. Um, I guess, you know, some people have been saying Italy could be a dark horse. I'm not quite sure. But, you know, they are quite solid in certain areas you know the the defense is of course still their strong suit also in midfield of course there's also um, Barella coming through he's now going to partner um, Verratti and Jorginho in the midfield so it's quite a solid center midfield also and you know the two wingers I think like Manjun mentioned just now you know Chiesa and uh, Insigne will probably be you know better than most sides you know other than maybe the top tier squads but probably what's missing is probably the number nine. But a lot of squads are missing a true number nine anyway. So I don't think that that's going to be a big deal. But in terms of this, I think it's straightforward. It's similar to yours, Italy and Turkey to go through for me. I actually feel you guys give uh, Italy a, not enough credit for how far they've come. I think it's a, it's a group like on the resurgence. Like looking at their players, there's quite a lot of, I feel like there's quite a lot of recognisable players in their squad. Eh? And I think they're coming into this in like a 10-game winning streak or something like that. I think Roberto Marchini's uh, record since taking over at Italy, which is only like one, two years, right? It's at 70% mm. win rate. So, so I think that's quite a good step to have. And, and you know, despite maybe having no faith in, no faith in, in strikers like Ciro Immobile, Lorenzo Insigne, or like Andrew Bellotti, but the fact that they have three such like rec- recognisable uh, strikers, like Fe- Federico Chisao, so it's like, you have so many options that you can choose from, you know. So you can you have to count on like one person and then if they don't perform, if zero immobility don't perform, then you're, you're dead. So I feel like they are, they are a possible dark horse coming into this. And then as for my second, third and fourth choice, I feel like all three are quite even eh, in that their squads are not actually that unknown. You have, you still know players here and there within all the squads, right? Just that as a whole, all the squads aren't particularly strong. So in a way, I think it's a toss-up between all three of them. I actually put Wales at number two just because I recognize the most players in the Wales squad. And then the Turkish and Switzerland squad, you have obviously you have your Shakiris, your Shaka, and then for Turkey, who are they? Have Soyuncu, they have mm. what's his name? That Hakan Chonolu. I don't know. But but that's the thing. Other than that, I think all the other Turkish players are like in the Turkish league in like some low-level Bundesliga team. I don't know. So mm. although maybe. Perhaps I could mention, you know, Turkey, perhaps. I mean, I'm not saying they are my dark horse or so or anything, but I think they could surprise some people. You know, they have quite a young team this time, apart from Burak Yilmaz in front. Uh, I think I was looking at their back line is all quite, I think Solinchu is the oldest and he's like, what, 25, 26? Mm. Or maybe he's younger than that. I can't remember already. But, like, you know, he's, uh, next to him is Demiral at, at Juventus. I think he's very young or so. Uh, the left back is the Liu, first choice left back, uh, Zaki Chalik. I don't know if I'm murdering the names, but... Uh, <laughs> and I think... Even the right backs are also pretty young. So like, you know, Turkey are sort of an up-and-coming team. Perhaps they won't make so much of an impact this Euros, but, you know, possibly if an easy group, maybe if an easy draw in the knockout stage, perhaps they could make some uh, yeah. inroads in, in Group A. I don't so, sound harsh to Wales fans. La. Your players are trash. La. I just want to say <laughs> that. <laughs> 
Mm. But I, I guess, you know, more or less there's a consensus between us is Italy and one other or two yeah. others. But I guess next we can go to group B. Mm. I don't know if how you all look at this. Is this a straightforward group for Belgium or could there be any surprises here? Mm, for me, I feel like you have to look from bottom up. <laughs> Finland are no okay. kick whatsoever. I mean, I'm sorry. La. If you have to rely on old Timo Puki and that guy, Marcella Forrest from Brentford to score your goal saying you're screwed. Other than that, I don't know who else in their team. So Finland, I feel they're just there to just fill up some space. I feel th- the Finland squad could have been filled up by some other team. Maybe Greece. Okay. Like maybe Greece won Finland during qualifying. Maybe that will be better. Uh, then for, as for Russia, okay, Russia, I don't really care about them, Russia. I just know that the Zuba is back after his masturbation video. So, <laughs> <What>? so, <laughs> so basically, the Zuba, I think one of the top strikers, like he, he, there was one video of him masturbating two years ago that leaked online. Oh my that's God. why he got, sus- he got suspended and banned. But now he's back, boys. So maybe he can carry them. <laughs> Al- along with Alexander Golovin and Yuri Jakov, who is still there. My God, he's like, oh, as yeah. oh, oh my God. God. That could there. be a pun, actually. But anyway. <laughs> no, no. We'll let our listeners and viewers think of that for themselves. For me, this is how it is. It's, it's Belgium, Denmark, Russia, and Finland. Uh, Denmark, should we be able to do it? I feel. They have enough quality then up front with Martin Brathway, Yusuf Poulsen, you mentioned Kasper Dolberg. You know what I mean? Their midfield is fine. They got Hoybier. They got Thomas Delaney. I think should be enough to go through. Yeah. yeah. As for Belgium, yeah, for Belgium, I say, la, this is probably like, I don't think they have to put 100% to get out of this group. Yeah. Okay. okay. So yeah, I, think, I think group B should be quite fast for us. I think all of us have this uh, exact uh, uh, sequence. Uh, because... Just because Belgium and Denmark are so far away. Russia you never know. The World Cup is they can do so well. I feel I, I feel that Russia's squad they are going through a bit of a revamp. And a lot of like the previous generation on from the mm. from the previous the Russian World Cup like sort of retired already. Or and plus they overperformed during that period. It, plus it was in Russia, they have more motivation, mm. whatever. So like uh Belgium, I don't have to say la, Belgium is like you have all your top players there, so confirm confirm top, but but I think Denmark is like surprisingly quite strong like when you look at their squad. Uh, it's like, you have like, goalkeeper, solid, Kasper Schmeichel, the, the defenders are also quite solid. Yeah. They have like Christiansen, they have Vestergaard. It's like, quite recognised names. And then obviously your midfield and your forwards that Manu just mentioned. So, I think they are comfortably will be in second. Yeah, exactly the same. I think not much more to be said. Just look at the spines of all the team throughout the centre of the pitch. Belgium's the strongest, followed by Denmark, then Russia and Finland. So naturally, I think that's how the group will finish also. La. I think for me, perhaps, you know, Manju, you did mention that you think Belgium don't have to put in 100%. Actually, given that, because, you know, the host of each of the groups is quite important, this will be hosted jointly by Denmark and Russia. So, you mm. know, it, there's possibly a little bit of home advantage for Denmark also. I think there could be a chance Denmark finish top of this. I eventually still put Belgium first because you know I think Denmark might drop points elsewhere even if they beat Belgium. But there's a little bit of a worry for me in terms of Belgium because they look at their, if I'm not wrong, um, Roberto Martinez will play a back three for Belgium. And uh, Thomas Vermaelen and Tommy Adoverell are still in their back three. I think the other third one is Jason Denier. So like, not exactly a very strong back three. I don't think they were playing oh, for Tongan, sorry. Yeah, yeah, for Tongan, not not um Vermalian. Ver- no, not Vermalian. Thomas yeah. Vermalian, like already half retired already. Oh, yeah, retired already. So yeah, I think it's still a very old back three. Perhaps, you know, if if Denmark could find their way around it, it could be a little bit of a surprise here. But you know, I still think Belgium will go through. You know, I'm I'm agreeing with all three all three of you still in this same order. In fact, I think Russia may not make it to the next round. I think they will draw against Finland actually. 
So like like Inran mentioned, uh, a lot of their experienced players or the Akin mm-hmm. fair of everybody's favorite goalkeeper. <laughs> <not the playing. laughs> uh, I think like even their centre backs, they were in the what, what were their names? Uh, Berezutsky twins are no longer playing also. So I uh, I think possibly you know if you if you feel like you no know, Finland rarely get to tournaments, maybe they could surprise Russia and finish third. But even then, I think mm-hmm. inconsequential uh. In terms of Group C. Robin, just now when we were running through the first time, you were saying that you know this is a bit of an underwhelming group. Yes, <laughs> a lot. Cause I don't know three. I don't know all the teams here uh, well enough. Netherlands is obviously like the most um, I would say marketable country. Uh, the team here, and naturally I put them as number one. Partly cause I think their experience. They they got good enough players playing in top leagues, good teams uh, to be able to navigate a tournament like this. Whereas the other teams, I really don't know much about them, if anything at all. So I just go by possible team dynamics. You know, I feel like Ukraine probably has better team chemistry and unity than the rest. Austria, I feel Austria and Ukraine are so similar and close, honestly. <laughs> so it could be either or, but I just settled for this. Like North Macedonia, I totally write them off. <laughs> yeah, no chance. You know, Manjun was mentioning that he feels that Italy are lucky to get group A. I think the Netherlands are very lucky to have this group. <laughs> yeah. You know, possibly mm-hmm. if they have a group with maybe another major contender, I think they will really struggle. In fact, even in this group also, I was thinking, is it possible Netherlands don't finish top? But like, Ukraine, I, I, I was looking at their squad also. They, I think they have quite a lot of injuries. I will not be able to pronounce any of their names. But I think I'm going to try. <laughs> one of their left wingers, the Yefen Konoplyanka, you know, he's <laughs> like supposedly one of their star players and all that. You know, he's not going. So that's a big big deal for them. You know, in terms of naming players, Zinchenko from Man City is, is a Ukrainian player. He will be playing in midfield instead. So not at left back. I think there's also the Atalanta midfielder. Malinovsky. Um, Malinovsky also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's also at Ukraine. So I guess it's also sort of a up and coming kind of uh, country, but with no real history of doing well, you don't really know if you can back these kind of uh, countries to do well or not. Austria, I think, you know, people were talking about possibly they were like underdog for some tournaments, but it's been too many tournaments have gone by and they've not really done anything. Although I think they have this new striker up front, right? At Stuttgart, uh, Kala Yitzik. Yeah, so maybe uh, enough to finish the. I think basically I'm agreeing with Robin. I'm going with this same ranking of the group. North Macedonia just down there to, I don't know, make up the numbers. Although they do have Elioski from Leeds. Huh? So, you know, Leeds fans do have some sort of representation here. Yeah. I actually back to defer with both of you. I feel like this is quite a tough goal to predict. Like, firstly, it's because I do not believe in the Netherlands squad whatsoever. I feel their youngsters are overrated. I feel their, their manager is trash. <laughs> Frank Dibor is complete trash. Uh, you all might know Frank Dibor from his... The most suckiest thing at Crystal Palace. I hope you all remember that he was yeah. sacked after five games at Crystal Palace. Yeah, because of uh, him, we made Roy Hudson look like God. Yeah, so <laughs> I have no. I mean, maybe if there's another coach, maybe can, but I do not believe Frank Dibor will do shit in this tournament. So my top for this group actually will be Ukraine wow, because okay. I was quite impressed oh. with if they are qualifying because they qualified quite well uh, ahead of Portugal in their group. And I just feel Andre Shevchenko maybe can do some wonders lah, with this team because he's the coach now. And then there was a pick between Ukraine, no, sorry, Ukraine, Austria and Netherlands because I completely don't believe in Netherlands. And I feel Austria, maybe they can do something. Lah. Well, especially, yeah, especially the... they got their new striker, Sasha Klajic, whatever his name is from Stuttgart. Maybe he can do something. But, but I think Austria, they always flatter to deceive a bit. Lah. 
I mean, that during the Nautovich era, there was some hope they can do yeah. stuff, end up still play like shit. So, I feel Austria and Switzerland same pattern, you know what I mean? Just full of <laughs> Bundesliga players, but they end up, they don't do shit. And Macedonia, they got the same players, uh, Goran Pendev. They got uh, Elif Ilmas in the middle. Oh, yes. They don't know from Napoli. Napoli. Other than that, complete nothing. But I, the, the reason why I even considered them to, to even come up with this group <laughs> is because of Iceland. Four years ago, oh. five years ago, no one thought Iceland would do what they do, did. But the fact is, this is still North Macedonia. So I don't <laughs> think they'll ever do shit. <laughs> so so I, mean, I think. We say that, but they've recently beat Germany in World Cup qualifying. Yeah, so I did consider that. But I feel, end of the day, not enough quality. La. I mean, from the whole team as a whole. So to me, top will be Ukraine. And Netherlands will be second, followed by Austria, who I think will not go through, if I remember oh, correctly. Okay. Yeah, as the third place or so. Uh, I feel this is quite, this group in terms of the difficulty and the makeup is quite similar to Group A. Mm. In the sense that you have like one top team in Netherlands and then the three others who are not very high up. Except for, I think in this case, North Macedonia is a straight write-off. Like, sort of the same as Finland. So, so they are straight out already. And then Netherlands, I feel like no matter... Yeah, their manager is shit lah, so I don't think they will do well this like this European Cup. But I feel like looking at their like the talents that they have, right? It's like you don't even need a coach, you can win this, you can win this group really. It's like just go out, run around, have fun, also can uh, just put Oli in charge. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well we must somehow squeeze Oli into this into this episode, but okay. I I put Netherlands top. I mean look at I mean look at their squad. Lah. And then I actually put Austria as second just because I feel like they have more players playing in the top league than Ukraine. Eh? Um, of course, this is England's group. So it's quite a tough group, I would say. You know, Croatia are World Cup finalists. Uh, Czech Republic, you know, perhaps you can say, you know, <coughs> up and coming. And they do have uh, Thomas Suchek and Vladimir Sufal after uh, David Moyes brought them to West Ham with his West Ham revolution. Uh, Scotland, of course, you know, do have some recognize- recognizable names or so. But I think this might be the group where perhaps we might agree to disagree quite a bit. I think we can start off with England. I actually have England in top position. I think their squad is the strongest. They are sort of in the, sort of in, like just a tier below France, right? I mean, a lot of attacking talent, whether Gareth Southgate can use them properly or not, probably not, right? which is why I don't think they'll get far also, but minimally should be able to top their group, which is why they are first. And then I put Croatia as second because they are, yes, they, are, they were World Cup finalists, but like their squad so freaking already, you still have to count one. 35-year-old Luka Modric to carry you. His back going to break soon. Lah. So, I think it's an aging squad. It's in their sunset already. They will still make it into the next stage, but I don't think they'll, they'll top the group. So, I put them as second. And then, third and fourth, it's between Scotland and Czech Republic. Lah. I actually put Scotland as third just because I know more, more players from Scotland. Mm, my position only differs in the third and fourth. Okay, okay, but we start with England. I think young team, super exciting team. Um, quite a straightforward top of the group for them as long as the front four or five fires. Uh, the problem is Southgate needs to find his settled top 11 and the problem comes with possibly having some dead wood uh, with injured players being called up because of their experience to the squad. Uh, could be vital behind the scenes but on the pitch they can't be around to save them so defensively I think they could still be suspect to mistakes but this team, this uh, group, not strong enough to punish them for it. Lah. So they will suffer later on probably. Uh, Croatia, yes, World Cup finalists. Uh, they are just going to rely on their experience to carry them through the group stages. 
still relying on Perisic. Probably the AC Milan dude, uh, uh, Reb, Rebic. Is it? How do oh, I Ante Rebic. He's still quite okay at 27, 28. So not too... Not too yeah, I think he's, he's probably their main... He's probably going to be their main goal scorer now. Uh, but I think because they're aging, right? I don't think they would be able to come up with such a strong tournament again like they did in the World Cup. But they will still make it through this group. Uh, third, I'll go for Czech Republic instead of Scotland because I think Czech Republic still has a pretty decently solid team. They at least have a decent striker. Patrick Schick, I think, is good enough to get some goals. Uh, whereas Scotland, you just look at Scotland's team, the strikers that they bring, like I don't see any of them scoring at all. Right, Che Adams, not a goal scorer. I don't know who is the guy from QPR. And I think Scotland's best players are all defensive-minded. And Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney, Gilmore, John McGinn, and then Scott <laughs> McTominay. No one could to really produce the goods up front. So I think Scotland will struggle to even score a goal. Uh, so that's why I put them last. I think mm. for me, this is quite a difficult group to, to predict also. Um, because you don't really know with England uh, because they always tend to start slow. Even um, even at like normal World Cups and Euros, usually even if they have like, a manageable group, they always find a way to lose to <laughs> smaller nations and all that. Although, you know, the previous time at the World Cup, their group was so easy, it was hard for them to screw up. So, I don't quite think that this is the same category as that. I know Croatia and Czech Republic are very much, you know, possibly can hold their own, you know. I think the, the thing that could be a little bit hard to predict is that Czech Republic, because before this season where, you know, Suchek and Sufa were brought into the Premier League, we weren't really aware of how good these players were because, you know, the Czech League isn't very strong or very, a lot of people don't really know what it's about or so. So, I tend to give them a little bit more benefit of doubt. Perhaps there are players there that, you know, we aren't so familiar that maybe perhaps they're also quite good. Uh, of course, Robin just now mentioned Patrick Schick. Always good to have a reliable number nine. I'm, I'm also going to put Czech Republic over Scotland. Croatia, other than Luka Modric, everyone else is at the most still early 30, so it's still all right. At least luckily, they no longer have super switch in goal. <laughs> yeah, I think England also, in a sense, a little bit lucky to get this group, not to jump too far ahead, but looking at who they could face in the knockout stage. Actually, it's a, for those of us who are hoping England don't do well, it's a blessing in disguise that they got this group. Because... <laughs> If they finish top, they'll face someone from Group F, which is a group of death. There isn't much to say. La. I mean, for England, they better better well top this group. Uh, my second place will be Croatia. Rakitic not going. Manzukic not going. And I sort of, I do believe in their talent uh, up front with Modric, uh, Joseph Brekalo, Andre Kramaric, Ante Rebic. I think should be able to do well. La. The thing I really disagree is um, Patrick Schick. I feel he's trash. <laughs> like like okay. the only fact that, that 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 he is given like some sort of hype because he like he had he played this in Italy. Then he went to Leverkusen where he completely flopped. So uh I don't I have zero zero faith in Patrick Schick. So just based on this and based on their overall quality, like they have good quality in midfield maybe, but based on the fact they did not have a decent number nine, in my opinion, to lead their lines, I think I put them bottom, I'm not, not too sure. I think in terms of group E, right? You know, because we were talking about possible flops of the tournament, I think Spain could be, you know, looking at their squad. You know, because they've only brought 24 players and then, like, Manjun, you know, when we were talking about, you know, the squad's just an- being announced and Adama Traore is like, not even the fact that he is in the squad, but I think he's actually being relied on quite a lot. It'd be crazy uh, to start Adama. Thing. But who else are you going to start over him? I don't see Correct. anyone else. Koran that's Torres, the thing. Better. The only guy who plays number nine mm-hmm. yeah, is, is, is Morata. So I, I, 
otherwise they're playing Force Night already, you know, which they tried out with Ferran Torres and then they, they also tried with Adama Traore. But I don't know, compared to, maybe perhaps compared to Spanish teams in the recent, in recent memory, this is one that's really a bit hard to see where not just the goals are coming from, but it's also a little bit not so inspirational. So you look through the team. Poland and Sweden are not too bad, you know, like Poland, yes, they do have Lewandowski, but he's one of the best strikers around. You know, we we're talking about other teams missing a number nine. This is as good a number number nine as you can get. Um, yeah. Of course, there's also there's weaknesses in the Polish team. You know, I think defense is probably one area that's not so good. In midfield, they do have Zelinski also. So, you know, it's quite all right. There'll be somebody there to create chances for him. If I'm not wrong, I can't remember. But I still put Spain first because I think Poland and Sweden, but I think it might be, uh, I think I did actually had to count the number of points to see which teams will go through for this. So I think if I'm not wrong, I have a three-way tie for five points each and Slovakia to finish bottom with zero. Uh, Sweden, a little bit, personally, I felt uh, Emil Forsberg a bit disappointed with his whole career. You know, <laughs> it seemed like he was a, he was a up-and-coming thing and then he never really came. They do have two very young forwards, Kulusevsky at Juventus and uh, Alexander Isak at Sociedad also. But uh, in terms of Slovakia, I think actually even if you compare to Macedonia, Slovakia could be the weakest team in in the, at the Euros, maybe Finland? Uh, mine is the same as Mark, la, in terms of the sequence. Uh, I think I can start at the bottom. So, Vakia, nobody. Defence must rely on, on Milan screen. Yeah? I don't think they'll be able to do it. Their midfield and attack is just totally dependent on Marek Hamšík, who's like 55 years old now. <laughs> Somehow, he's still being caught up. So, yeah. No, Sweden, uh, Slovakia, no way. Uh, to me, Spain would top this group. La. Like, if you want, if you got the balls to bring 24 players, you jolly well top your group. There's no excuses here. As for Poland and Sweden, I feel Poland has Lewandowski, but I think Sweden has more players who can make a difference in their attack. Marcus Burke is still there, and Jordan Larson, who you all don't know, do you know who's Jordan Larson? Apparently, if you all follow Spartak Moscow on TikTok, <laughs> they have been okay. hyping their young striker, series striker Jordan Larson a lot. So I'm on the train, even though I never watched a single shit <laughs> <ship> of <about> him. <laughs> Thanks to TikTok, I know he's there. Uh, Zlatan, if Zlatan will be there if he didn't get injured it'd be quite cool la. then Poland they can see the two strikers play to head wow, yeah, yeah. two old and experienced and like, top number nine which, which is lacking in Europe now first of all Spain is I, I put them as a top group despite their weaknesses just because I feel it's enough for them to go through la, because I mean, let's look at their keeper the Digia is okay like not, not too bad and then for defenders, I really feel like oh, they really get saved by France not calling out Laporte. Then Laporte just like, scoozy shit, I'm like 26 already, still zero calls for the, for the French squad. I'm, I just quit my country already. <laughs> and I went to join Spain, so like, I think without Laporte there, they, their back line really then trash. Uh. So I'll put them as top, and then I'll put Poland as second, just because Lewandowski is so strong. I think he can single-handedly win any game on his own. Uh. And then their keeper also, not bad. Uh. So on both ends, it's quite solid. It's like the, I feel those are the, I think more of the deciding factor. Robin, I know your current standings are here. You might have to defend your putting Slovakia second. Uh. Robin, I still have to hear. But why, why, how is Slovakia so good? No, <laughs> I just, I, I just always boys. want to come up with a team to, to cause a lot of upsets. I feel like Slovakia might do it in a group stage, but they will just fit, uh, peter out after that. Uh, honestly, I'm quite ignorant about all these international squads. I'm probably not giving Sweden enough credit at all. They are probably... They probably should be above Poland as a team, in fact. But uh, this is what I randomly threw out. Uh, so <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, okay. I'm going to change it now. 
Uh, Poland, <laughs> yes, I agree. La. Lewandowski is just a one-man team. They don't, he doesn't have a support cast to supply him with enough ammo that he gets in Bayern. Uh. So he probably won't get many goals in this competition. Like Poland's not going to do very well. Even Spain, uh, it's, it's almost like the least Spain-Spanish team that we've seen in recent times. Mm. <laughs> right? Uh, we talked about Adama Traore. I think he could be an interesting addition for a tournament type of uh, format. Maybe as an impact sub or just, I don't know, some crazy physical dude <laughs> they can just uh, bash, bash through defenses, uh, especially when Morata can't score. And I don't know how Moreno will carry his club form into international stage. Uh. That'll be quite interesting to see. Uh, but Busquets, I think recently just got COVID. So I don't know how they would uh, uh, manage that. Uh, whether he can still go uh, to the Euros or he has to be replaced. That one's still not confirmed. But yeah, I think Spain, definitely easy victors of this group. They should be at least. I go say Adama Traoré. Where any zero goals, zero assists. I just want to say. <laughs> he may not even play. You know, he like, might not like, see, you know. I mean, in terms of uh, teams that could win, you know, potentially you could say Group F has quite a few candidates that maybe you could say have a chance of winning. You know, France, of course, overwhelming favorites for uh, you know, completing the World Cup and Euro double. Arguably, they could, they should have done it the previous time they hosted the Euros in twenty sixteen. Of course, the ones who did win and beat them in the final were Portugal. So, of course, there's a, re, there's a rematch. Yeah, I don't know why it took me so long to think of that word. Yeah, there's a rematch in this group. And, of course, there's Germany, usually very reliable at tournaments, but, of course, they bombed out in the group stage in the World Cup. Robin, obviously, you put Hungary bottom, you don't think they stand a chance. But I think the surprising thing here is that you put Portugal third. Yeah, that's the tough one uh, between Portugal and Germany. I think France, I think their squad, to me, speaks for itself. Uh, Germany... I think the whole team is very good until you get to the forwards. Just because Timo Werner is so out of form, goal scoring wise, uh, they will need their attacking mates to come up with the goals uh, like Gundogan, Sane, uh, Nabri, these kind of players to score. Because Werner's going to miss all the open goals. <laughs> he hasn't shown any indication of uh, reversing that form. And if he doesn't do that in the tournament here, then they're not going to go far beyond the group stage. Uh, but Portugal, I feel like Ronaldo's presence in the team is going to be a bit of a distraction. Like, they will have so much pressure to pass the ball to him. Uh, his, his presence alone, uh, his aura is already too influential. I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not even sure if that's a good or bad thing anymore. Right? His presence there now. Um, so, they are quite an exciting up-and-coming team, but maybe not this tournament. Maybe the next one, they will perform much better. Yeah, I think Ronaldo's Presence there could be working against them la, at this stage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure because of, you know, Manju obviously wearing a Portugal jersey. Uh, <laughs> we, we probably know who is going to put top of this group. So I think we go to Inran first in terms of this. You know, for <laughs> maybe less biased opinion. Do you agree with this order? France to top, Germany second? Uh, no, la. I think I will go for the probably the most, the most conventional one, which is France top and then Portugal second. I mean, number one, they were both the finalists in the previous Euros, right? And I feel like uh, actually calling back Benzema is like, it's a very good move by the French coach because you don't want the team to be like stale, right? After winning the World Cup. Like, I feel like teams tend to go downhill after they win like a major tournament. So, so bringing Benzema back in his form, right? Actually, I think uh, refreshes the squad a bit. It's like you're already damn good, you just add more ammo into your into your arsenal, right? And, and because 
Benzema is such a supportive striker. He's like, I think in the friendlies that they just had, he linked up quite well with, with the strikers around him. So in a sense, it's like an upgraded Giroud. It's like, Giroud was also quite supportive. That's why he got zero goals in the previous World Cup, right? Zero goals and zero assists or something, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's like an upgraded version. He can score and he can support. So I think bringing Benzema back was the right choice. But... Yeah, and then moving to Portugal, but well, I think this is Portugal's golden generation. I see a lot of like, like players that everybody can recognize. I don't know, is it because they are Wolves player? But <laughs> 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 yeah, so so I mean, Pepe's still there, I don't know why, but but I mean, look at their defense. You have Cancelo, you have Diaz, you have Nelson Semedo, you still have Jose Font there. So it's like, damn solid. You have like, half the, half the defense is like the Manchester City defense already. And then you go over to their midfield, right? Okay, like Moutinho there, always solid. Carvalho still there. William Carvalho still there. And Bruno Fernandes, you have uh, the other, like even Renato Sanchez, I don't know, apparently he's doing quite well now. So, so midfield solid. And, and obviously, their forwards, it's like quite crazy. La. You have like Ronaldo, you have Joao Felix, you have freaking Bernardo Silva, you still have Diego Jota on the bench. But looking at it, I really feel like they are possibly one of the strongest squads going into this mm. tournament, which is why I put, as, put them as second. As for Germany, no. La, like, it's like, a, it's like they, they tried to use young players, then they cannot. Then now the coach no choice has to bring back the old players. But the reason why they kicked the old players out in the first place is because they didn't do well. So I, I feel a bit not here, not there. They are young. They, they tried to change the old players to like, they tried to refresh the squad, but it didn't work. So like, I feel like the young players not really putting in their weight. La. And then old players, you cannot really count on them as much anymore. So I feel, I feel that they'll, they'll end up third. La. I have the same order as uh, Inran. I'm also going France, Portugal, Germany, then uh, Hungary last. I think not much to say about Hungary. Of course, they are only one recognizable Dominic. player, uh, supposedly. Also not going already. So, you know, even worse now their squad. In terms of France, yeah, everybody in the media has been talking about it, you know, strength in depth. I think you can play two France teams in the Euros and probably both will, will, will make maybe at least the semi-final. So, you know, of course, it, there could be a little bit of like, you know, where do you fit the pieces and all that. But it looks like Deschamps, unlike Gareth Southgate, you're talking about England, mm. he seems to have quite a fixed uh, system already. Even in terms of like, you know, when Iran said, you know, bringing Benzema in, is an upgrade on Zico. I'm surprised nobody mentioned Portugal as contenders. You know, looking at their midfield, if you're playing a three, three in midfield, definitely all three are very recognizable. And even in their like, if they're playing a front three, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo, there's Jota and Joao Felix. Even if you were to play Bernardo Silva, yeah, you know you were playing crazy. Like... Correct. Even the backup Andre Silva also not bad at Antwerp Frankfurt. So you know, even if they have injuries, I think this Portugal team, possibly like you said, could be the next France. You know, in terms of uh, having two teams in the tournament and they'll still do well. So yeah, I think unfortunate that Germany are in this group. Actually, I think France can go top my group. Um, oh. Yeah, I feel France <laughs> okay. a bit too strong. Okay, the thing about Portugal, as much as I support them, I feel that it would, and I do expect them to win the Euros, but I feel that they have to be somewhat, they have to somehow carry their luck a bit during the tournament to actually do it. I think France, they can do it based on their squad depth alone and their squad and the talent they have. But then Portugal, I wouldn't say, because the thing is Portugal, this golden generation, they've probably been around for like one year or two. So I don't feel like like they probably, they probably born very well. I don't think they're gonna gonna perform that well. I don't think they're gonna play beautiful football. Uh. I think they're probably gonna grit and grind their way to the to the final, probably. Um 
So my top is France, my second is Portugal, my third is Germany. I, I don't believe in the front four of Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Nabri and Leroy Sane. I don't believe in them at all. Um, in terms of Hungary, don't you say la. Star player not there. Don't want you to think about it. La. Really, don't want you to think about it. So Portugal gonna finish second, which means they're gonna face England in the second round. So on that note, join us in part two of our Euro 2020 predictions as we bring you through the knockout stages, including our hot takes, tips for the golden boot, and who we are backing to win the entire tournament of Euro 2020. So see you there in our next episode.